0: And welcome to Podcast Me Anything, and Ask Me Anything for all things podcasting. I'm your host, Ben Cloy, and I'm joined here in the studio with Matthew Passi, a podcast consultant. Matthew and I wanted to move the conversations beyond the podcasting 101 topics and move into the intermediate to advanced podcasting strategy to reach your goals. To interact with the show, submit your questions to be answered live, book a podcast out with Matthew, or find the notes from today's show, head on over to podcastmeanything.com welcome back to another podcast me anything and just like always we got matthew Passy with us in the studio we've got some really different questions that we haven't talked about and there's some tools that we also are also going to integrate with that are kind of brand new in the pod space so welcome to the podcast again matthew
1: thank you ben good to be here how are you doing i'm doing better than
0: good and better than good was a mindset that i used to have way back like four or five years ago and i've been really trying to incorporate those two words into my life back because I'm always better than good, but I stopped saying it after I lost my job. And I'm really trying to bring those two words back.
1: It's a good attitude.
0: It is. And it's often based on the gratitude moment of whether you believe t- this moment is better than good isn't necessarily as important. It's that you're optimistic that the future is better than good. So it kind of is that reminder to keep going. And I've often learned through the process, random sidecar here, that most people need to hear it more than I need to say it. And it usually jolts people because most people just say good and fine. And they, most people have never heard better than good. And I was at the airport once, and this ticket lady was checking out bags, and she's like, "I said it to her, and she's like, oh, you sound like Dave Ramsey.'" And I was like, "That's as good of a compliment as you can get on the radio or a random airport." <laughs>
1: Especially as a podcaster, you want to, you, know, you want that exactly. high accolade. I always liked, um, yeah. I mean, speaking of the word better, I, for a while there, I was always saying to myself, "Better is always better. Better is better than nothing." So. You don't have to make big improvements. You don't have to make massive improvements. They don't have to be the, you know, the most groundbreaking things in the world. But if you're doing something a little bit better, well, that's better than
0: yeah. I mean, even nothing. getting to the gym is still you're still better than anybody still sleeping in bed. Even if your workouts that that and that great, you're still outpacing everybody that decided to stay in bed. It's progress. That's even like that's a good segue into podcast because as you start a podcast, the news that we're going to talk about today is a new tool called Raphonic, and this tool is trying to measure how much better you are in podcasting and how many people are attaching themselves in their podcast app to your podcast. So Matthew, when you first saw this news that hit pod news last week, what was your mindset on this news and this tool that came about?
1: Yeah, this was one of those things that was buried kind of in the bottom of the pod news email, I believe Friday, the fourth little blurb that says, see how many subscribers and followers your podcast has on every app. I was like, what? That would be groundbreaking, huge news. That should be leading the charge. And across every headline in the podcasting space so i click on it i check it out it's a little what it is it's actually a feature that refonic is making available to folks because what refonic does is they're a podcast guest booking service so you would use them to find guests to be a guest and the reason why this is important to them is because one thing that podcast guests are always asking is well how big is that podcast how many subscribers do you do they have and truthfully Nobody knows. It's not like YouTube where you can go to the YouTube page, click on it, and be like, oh, look at that, 5,000 subscribers. Those numbers are private. Unless somebody shares them, you have no idea what their actual numbers are. And by the way, most of the people who share it, eh, I take it with a grain of salt. But anyway, you click on this link. We'll put it here in the show notes. You can type in any show. I'll put in ours, although I'm I'm certain that the results will not be useful in this case. But you type, in your, you type in your show, a little drop-down will pop up showing you what uh, what your show is, and then it'll take you to a screen, and it will tell you the number of subscribers and followers you have on about seven different podcasting networks. Now, unfortunately, none of those are Apple, Google, Spotify, even Amazon. So we're not talking about massive platforms or things that are going to be super helpful to you, but Podcast Attic, CastBox, Podbean, TuneIn, the Podcast App, Podcast Republic... And player FM. So it's it's a clever idea, and I wish it was more comprehensive. I don't blame Refonic for not being. I don't think that information is readily available or public or, or well-measured anywhere. Um, but it is a clever idea. And so if somebody says they've got hundreds of thousands of downloads, and you pop in this little Refonic link, and you see they've got zero on a bunch of these apps or, you know, a handful on a bunch of these apps... You're probably going to want to say, "I don't know about that." Uh, whereas, if you come over here and you see a couple of hundred or a couple of thousand, you can be like, "Okay, if they're if these platforms that usually represent less than one percent of someone's market share are showing hundreds or thousands of downloads, that's a pretty good indication. Okay, this show is pretty big and has got a following. If you've got this, you know, the spillover audience over here, so that's kind of how I would use it. And when you were telling me
0: about it. My brain went to a lot of these third party apps have the ability to sponsor content and get your podcast like paid to be seen on these apps. So, as well, so it's an interesting way to just track your progress if one of these apps has an advert that you're running. Because again, you're talking about the blindness of podcasting, we, we only get downloads, and even that is still very ambiguous, and you don't really know how many people are staying around. I think Apple now tells you how many people stay on listening to your podcast episode after episode. Like, do they fade after a few? But still, it's so nuanced to try to figure out and move the needle on this.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's true that the the download metric is a frustrating metric because every single play is a download. If you go to someone's website, they've got an embedded player. You hit play that episode is being downloaded in order to play. And if you're going to, you know, if you go to iTunes or iTunes, the podcast store for Apple, Google Podcasts, any of those places, you hit play without downloading the episode, that content has to download in order to play. So every play is definitely a download. That said, not every download is a play. I can speak from experience that I subscribe to a show, you know, we had COVID in the house. So my, Habits and my routine got very, very messed up. And this one show, I've downloaded a bunch of episodes that I have never had a chance to play. It's a little bit more of a topical podcast, so I probably won't get to them. But all those downloads counted, even though they were plays. Now, study suggests that most of our play, most of our downloads do get played. Maybe somewhere in the seventy to eighty percent mark. And the truth is, you know, it's it's a apples to apples comparison if you talk downloads to downloads to downloads from show to show to show. But, you know, you have to take all this with a grain of salt that your downloads are not always being played. So it is a little frustrating. But like you said, there are ways to kind of measure actual performance of your show. And by the way, it's important that you start to do that.
0: Maybe this is a good moment to dive into the I believe it's IAB statistics, right?
1: Yeah. Interactive Advertising Bureau.
0: Yeah, so maybe we could segue into this deep dive, because how do we measure our podcast? This is a buzzword that's on a lot of different platforms, and if you're new to podcasting or you're really trying to punch it and figure it out, this word can kind of be confusing because in the early days on my old podcast platform, there was a switch that would go regular downloads and IAB downloads, and it would be completely different. So maybe dive into what is it that we need to know about IAB, and how does that relate to measuring our podcast?
1: Basically, the IAB, this interactive advertising bureau, is an organization that helps to standardize digital measurements across the Internet. They don't just do podcasts, although podcasts is the one that we're talking about. So that's what we're going to focus on. And it was probably about, gosh, I don't know, maybe three or four years ago that the IAB standard for podcasts came out. And what you had was hosts starting to adopt them. So IAB basically came up with this standard for how your hosting company should measure your podcast downloads in order to have a standard measure across the spectrum. Because like you said, you go to your hosting platform and it might show you 100,000 downloads. And then you click the IAB button, all of a sudden it's like 600,000 downloads. The reason why that's happening is because every time your hosting server is pinged, it might be registering a download. Now, those downloads could be legitimate downloads. They could be people streaming it. They could be bots. They could be people downloading it repeatedly. So IAB put into place all these different, let's call them regulations, standards, whatever you want to call it, so that everybody was measuring traffic the exact same way. And so typically when you go to look at your IAB statistics, you're going to see that number drop because it is filtering out a lot of repetitive downloads or mechanical downloads or spam downloads truthfully so that's really going to be your most accurate number is is what you get so that's why we always recommend that you know whatever hosting you look at try and choose hosting that is IAB certified especially because more and more advertisers they're going to want those kinds of numbers they already know how to deal with the IAB in other places and they're going to want to deal with that here with your podcast as we dive deeper into
0: how we measure our show it's also a can of worms in measuring our show because as we just talk. There's now a new tool that allows you to talk about the followers. There is Apple podcast analytics. There's your do- your hosting platforms, analytics, Spotify analytics, Google play analytics. Oftentimes all of those could be telling you a bunch of different stories and you're like, which one should I believe you've got Chartable, which is also a different flavor that kind of integrates all of those together. So many different ways to tell these stories, which then as a podcaster, just makes it really confusing to measure progress on your show. So when you have clients come to you that are either frustrated, stuck or maybe they've been like we've been podcasting for a year, how are we even measuring that this thing is working and that we're actually moving the needle other than this downloads? Cuz in some cases you're talking to an empty mic for maybe 1 to 2 years without much feedback. How do people get through measuring that progress on a podcast?
1: Well, whether you are responsible for your podcast yourself or you are working with some sort of third-party podcast producer, editor, company, whatever that looks like, you need to have access to your number so that you have the full story. So one, you should be able to access your hosting company first and foremost. Truthfully, you know, I think you should own your account on your hosting platform and then grant your producer, your production company, your editor access to it. God forbid something happens. You want, you are in charge. It is your content. You don't want to lose that to anybody else. So I like hosting companies that allow the client to sign up and then share access. And when you do that, when you go to Captivate, Libsyn, Blueberry, most of these podcasting platforms, are going to give you a pretty standard look at your analytics, which is like we said, it's the download number. How many downloads are you getting? Typically, what kind of devices are they coming from? A mobile, a PC, a desktop, whatever. Uh, what platforms are they coming from? Apple, Google, Spotify. There's going to be a host of different listening agents that are going to show up on the list. Most of them you've never even heard of, but they mean something and, and they'll kind of give you a sense. And like I said, if they're IAB, they're all being kind of measured and labeled uh, standard. They should be able to do things like break out Where are your downloads coming from? So most of them, if not all of them should be able to tell you at the very least what country all your downloads are coming from. But then when you click into your countries, you should be able to get in the US especially, you should be able to get like a state-by-state breakdown. Some of them are getting a little bit more granular and they'll give you some of the major media markets. So, right, if you're getting a lot of downloads out of New York or Philly or LA, like that should be somewhat obvious uh, on better hosting platforms. But that's, you know, that's really it. Some of them are starting to introduce a little bit more um, in terms of what you can get. Like Captivate's now doing performance comparison, but a lot of that is based on their embedded player, right? They can't, Captivate can't go into Apple and be like, let me take that data from you, right? They have no idea. Um, But they'll they'll give you some stuff. So then what should you do beyond that, right? That big download number that you get from your hosting company, that's obviously the, the main number you're focusing on. And while it's really fun to talk about your total downloads, right? We talked about this one, transferring hosts. Ooh, I've got a million total downloads. Well, if you put out 10 episodes, a million downloads is super impressive. If you've got a million downloads and you've put out 100,000 episodes, eh, you're not doing so great. So just having a total download number doesn't really tell any piece of the story. The story that you're obviously looking for is that per episode download, typically what an episode gets within 30 days of release, and you want to see that number creep up more and more and more. Now, before you go into Apple, Google, Spotify, all these different platforms individually, what you're going to basically look at is that Number Every time you drop an episode, you should see a pretty big spike the day that that episode drops. Those are most likely your subscribers, especially if that's a pretty consistent, right, growing number, 200, 300, 400, right? Like, that'll kind of tell you that's roughly the people who are subscribed who are automatically getting your episode the minute it drops. It's not an accurate, right, subscriber count. It's, It's a guesstimate at best. But I think that can kind of give you a sense of whether your regular listenership is growing if you see that day of download number you know, continue to climb uh, as you go along. But so what should you do beyond that? You should be going to podcastsconnect.apple.com. You should be going to podcastsmanager.google.com. And you should be going to podcasters.spotify.com. Amazon's going to roll out one of these soon. Stitcher has one of them soon. Uh, stitcher already has one. Um, but those are the three right now that I would say are the most important Apple because anywhere from 50 to 70% of most people's downloads are coming from Apple. So when you get into your Apple podcast connect directory, you will be able to see what shows you have in there. Changes to the settings, to your RSS feed. And right at the top, you have analytics, right? Click on analytics, go check it out. What can you see in your analytics? How many listeners you have? And the listeners are just the unique number of devices that have played more than 0 seconds of an episode. Okay? So basically anybody that has accessed your content. What are engaged listeners? People who have played more than 20 minutes or 40% of your episodes. So these are really committed listeners and you know, if that number is way down, right? If that only represents 5 to 10% of your total listeners, you have a content problem because people aren't sticking around to listen to what you're doing. And then they'll give you a total plays which is just the number of plays that have happened on unique devices. So plays is somewhat equal to your downloads. Listeners is somewhat, you know, is like the number of plays divided by how many people listened or, or, you know, right? Like it'll give you a sense of how many people have checked out your content and then engaged listeners are the people who are really paying attention. You can also find things like how long people are listening for, right? Average duration, um you can look at episode specific performance so those are some good numbers to kind of tell you is our content working are people listening are more people coming through or are people dropping off right are people getting 5 minutes into every episode and being like i'm out of here you've got a problem at 5 minutes then if you're seeing that kind of number now again this doesn't represent every single person that listens to your content but this is the best sample you're going to get because most likely apple is your highest performer. But going back to what I was saying earlier, another thing you're going to find at the top of Apple Podcast Connect is a tab that says account. And under account, you'll have the option for people. If you did not submit the show to Apple yourself, if a producer, a company, an individual did that for you, and you don't have this access to your Apple statistics, they should be able to give them to you. If they're not willing to give them to you, something is fishy they're probably lying to you about your numbers you know be careful um it's not that difficult i can just bloop, add a person right now and give them access to just their show uh show manager and analyst and it's it's super easy and you know it's important that you do it so another place you go to podcastmanager.google.com very similar to apple they're going to tell you How many plays your episode is getting, how many plays in the first 30 days. They're going to tell you how long people were playing it for. So 52%, 70%. Roughly, you should be seeing about 70% of your episode being played on average. Not everyone is going to finish an episode, right? We just run out of time. Something comes up. Maybe we come back to it later. But truth is, if you're seeing numbers well below 70% for average plays on your episode, you have a content problem. And you need to figure out why people aren't listening all the way through. Um, They'll give you a device breakdown. What the most interesting thing, though, that Google can give you, and I wish the sample size you got from them was larger because that would make the status so much more powerful, is the type of search terms that led people to your content. They literally have a thing that says top search terms, last 28 days, by impression, by clicks, and by click-through rate. And that is gonna tell you what are people searching for that is leading them to find your content. And so for all of you folks who are thinking about SEO and searchability, this is gonna be some really, really powerful data because Google is the king of search on the internet. So if they know what's getting people to go to your show, you know where to strengthen your marketing, your SEO, and all those different things to get more people there. Again. It only helps if you have substantial listeners on Google, which frankly, most people don't right now, but that's why I'd say make a bigger push to get at least your Android users using Google, but maybe even some other folks using Google uh, to check you out. Uh, also with Google, by the way, same thing. If you go, you're looking at your show, there's a little gear icon permissions. Anybody can have access to their show on Google. So again, if you don't have this data, if you're not the one who submitted it to Google, Your editor, producer, company, whoever you're working with to produce your podcast, they should be able to add you. And if they haven't, it's easy enough to claim your show, drop your RSS feed. They're going to send an email to whatever email address is listed in the show feed settings with a code that basically says, do you own the show? Prove it. Here's the code. And voila, you can get access. Uh, You can even claim the show if somebody else already has it. Um, but, you know, if you're working with somebody else, just kind of make sure you're all on the same page. But you absolutely should have access to your backend analytics uh, through Google podcast. Full stop.
0: Let's take a three degree course correction. If you okay. want to avoid the stats, where do you bring in call to action measurement? Because to me, this is where the rubber hits the road and why you started a podcast. Unless you're just talking because you love talking by all means, just keep measuring your downloads. But most of us want people to go somewhere. Most of us want that listener to take some type of action to do something, whether it be a product, to buy something, a sponsor. Where does it come into play when you focus on call to action?
1: Good question. Let me do, let me hit Spotify. And then I'm going to get right into that question because it's a really good one. So the last one to focus on is podcasters.spotify.com. Same thing, anybody can claim their show. You can't give access to multiple people. So if you want to own your show, go submit your feed, claim it, enter all the stuff, you're good to go. The interesting thing about the analytics that Spotify gives you, starts, streams, listeners, followers, right? Similar to a subscriber count. But because the platform of Spotify requires users to log in to use it, you also get some demographic data the gender, the age of your typical users. Now, again, Spotify usually accounts for about 10 to maybe 30% of your audience. So it's not truly everybody. But if you're seeing a trend like, oh, we're 98% male and uh, you know, 99% 35 to 45, my guess is most of your audience are men 35 to 44. So like that will kind of give you a sense of what your audience looks like. So again, I just think it's good to have access to Your Apple analytics, your Google analytics, your Spotify analytics, as well as what your overall download analytics are, just to give you a sense of, are people listening? Is that audience growing? To your question, Ben, how do you know if what you're doing is effective could be a very different story? And that depends on why are you doing this podcast, right? Are you doing this podcast to grow your business? Okay. Are you seeing more calls? Are you seeing more emails? Are you seeing more people sign up for the email list? Are people clicking on your sales funnel? You know, it depends on what your overall metrics are. Like, it depends on what your KPIs are most important to you, but you have to make sure that those are all measurable and that you're keeping track of them, that you're knowing that people who are going into those different pieces are coming from the podcast. So how do you do a couple of different ways to do that? One, you create podcast specific landing pages. So if we want, you know, anybody listening to this to go check out Military Veterans Dad, but we want to know uh, just how many of those people came from here. Maybe it's the podcasters.militaryveteransdad.com, right? You tell them a different site to go to so you know only people who are landing on that site were people who heard it on the podcast. Similarly, in your show notes, right, you're going to put links and information to yourself and all these different things you want people to access, your phone number, your email, your sales funnel, your website, all whatever you want it to be, all of those should be having UTM codes or trackable links so that you know, ah, yes, a 1,000 people went and checked out our services page, but of those, only 20 came from our podcast show notes. So that would kind of tell you, okay, we got new listeners, but if only 20 of them are coming from the podcast, maybe this isn't quite the effective tool that we thought it was going to be.
0: You know, we had a different question in store, but I want to dive into more of this because you just mentioned a keyword that just rabbit holed me down another angle that most people don't know. And I only know this because I was a marketer designing MailChimp campaigns and that you mentioned UTM. Now, UTM is tied to like campaigns and a lot of back end marketing tags, but there's also a lot of technology with Google to tag a link to actually tell Google Analytics that may be monitoring your site exactly where a lead came from. So whether you do like a forward slash word or something like special, you can create, if you ever click any link in an email and you go up in the top in the title bar, there's a bunch of stuff on the end that usually includes like UTM email or something along that line or UTM newsletter. Have you incorporated or done anything like that with your clients where they're including like Google analytics type links designed with UTM stuff?
1: Yeah, I mean, for the most part, if they are doing that kind of measurement, that's really coming more from their website and less from us. So, I I certainly suggest it. I certainly encourage it. Um, we're not the ones who are necessarily creating that kind of stuff, but yeah, that's definitely a good idea. Now, the only the one thing that becomes tricky is it doesn't really work the other way. Like, it's hard for people to. I can put a link on my website to my podcast. And I can put a UTM code on there so that Google can track it and kind of tell me what's going on. Like, oh, 400 people clicked on this Apple podcast link um, off your website. So a lot of people are finding the podcast from there. The only thing is from there, I don't know if they actually subscribed or ever did anything with it. That's a really difficult tracking piece. Chartable has uh, some technology that helps with that. They've got these smart links that basically will tell you like, okay, 100 people clicked on this link. Of those 100 people... 50 of them wound up downloading an episode. Now we don't know how, we don't know if they hit subscribe. We don't know if they fought, like we, there's still a lot of the equation that we don't understand, but if 50 of the people who clicked on this wound up downloading an episode, that's encouraging as opposed to one out of a hundred, right? Then it's like, Oh, well they clicked, but they didn't want to check it out or or whatever that might be the reason for. So it's, it, you should definitely be using your UTM codes as best as possible within your podcast so that you know how effective it is going in other places, but it's a little harder to use that stuff to know how many people are going into your podcast from external sources.
0: You know, this could be a whole other deep dive, so we won't go too far down the rabbit hole, but you also inspired something that I've learned within my podcast journey, that sometimes the first feedback that you'll get isn't on your own podcast, it's when you've theoretically refined your message, what you're speaking about, your ability to articulate words and sound coherent on a podcast. And you do that on other people's podcasts. When you create a magnetic message in someone else's audience and they come into your ecosystem, that to me is one of those where you're saying the right things and you just need to keep going. And it's a great litmus test that I've learned to find out, am am I saying the right words that are resonating with a fresh audience that is probably already primed. They're already hooked on this guy that you went on this show or her and focusing on that message. And I can tell you interesting enough, it was probably like 30 different podcast shows before my message resonated on one where I had someone reach out and said, Hey, I heard you on X podcast and I wanted to connect. And I was like, man, that just speaks to how many times you have to keep saying your message before you put the right connect words together, which you mentioned it, content issues can be shown in podcast analytics where you may like, I don't think I'm saying the right words yet. Testing it out on other people's podcasts is a great way to test like the pressure of what you're saying. Is it good enough yet?
1: I think that's a fairly solid idea. I mean, keep testing your strategy and and just the, the truth is it's hard to know what is going to be a success for you, right? It's hard to know if you have a super niche audience, if you don't know what the totality of that audience is, you can't look at somebody else who's getting two million downloads and be like, but I'm not getting two million downloads. There might not be two million people to listen to your stuff. And even if there are at best 50% of them listen to podcasts and at best 10% are going to listen to your podcast, right? So you can't just compare yourselves to everybody else. You have to basically compare yourself to yourself. Am I getting better? Are my clicks going up? Are my click throughs going up? Are my downloads going up Are the number of followers I'm getting going up? Don't worry about comparing yourself to external sources, compare yourself to your own performance. That is going to be a better way to know if what you're doing is working.
0: I absolutely love, we kind of succinctly brought that whole conversation to a close with the nice bow on it of understanding are the words you're putting together, moving the needle, and it's a big giant ball of questions and solutions out there, but at the end of the day are people reaching out and saying, hey, what you said really made an impact on me or keep going, or even just spot podcast advertising. And it's so interesting, the random things that people will click on. I've put in so many short URLs in my podcast over the years. Most of them did nothing. And recently last year there was a survey for military families that I sponsored with. They asked me to put a link. I had like 150 people click that link. And I was like, why aren't people clicking those links for me? And so oftentimes you just have to experiment on what people will click and Finding different partner solutions, easy affiliate solutions, like an easy one that people often do like in the travel or an easy affiliate is like hotels.com or finding these companies that are great products. They don't really have any requirements on the front end to get to be an affiliate and just try and see what different stuff sticks because when people take action, that means they trust you and whether that can come in a lot of different ways and it's an important part, like you said, to measure progress. But then also I think a key takeaway that I'm taking away from this is... Going back to how we started this podcast, are you better than yesterday? If you're better, you're winning.
1: Better is always better.
0: Exactly. What a great way to close out the podcast today. Well, Matthew, thank you for another great podcast meeting thing. And stay tuned for next week.